for a little something extra from the apple seed. And now, here's your host, Sam Payne. Such a pleasure to have you with us for this Appleseed Extra. You know, in a recent episode of The Appleseed, we played uh, some stories from some of our very favorite liars. Tall tale tellers, let's call them, right? We heard from Bill Lepp and others. And a lot of those guys, a lot of our favorite tall tale tellers, cut their teeth in liars' contests, right? There are liars' contests in a lot of different parts of the country. There's a famous liars' contest in West Virginia, a famous liars' contest in Texas. And there's a liars' contest close to the Appleseed Studios, too. It's run by the Timpanogos Storytelling Institute, and it happens every year around April Fool's Day, as you can imagine. We've gone a few times and made recordings of some of our favorites. We want to bring you as our Appleseed Extra for today a recording of George McEwen, who has won the Liars contest around here, oh gosh, half a dozen times now. This is a recording of a story from George McEwen as he competed in that Liars contest. Gotta say, he won, by the way. Here's George McEwen on the Appleseed. There are two types of people who allow cats in their homes. Those who love cats and those who love someone who loves cats. <laughs> my wife, Leslie, loves cats and I love her. So there is a cat in my house. I don't get the appeal of cats. They're demanding, ungrateful. They tear up the house, want to be constantly fed. And then they sleep the rest of the time. If cats didn't purr, they'd be called teenagers. <laughs> Except you never have the hope they're growing up and moving away. Our cat, Nico, loves Leslie and wants me gone. I didn't realize I was in the middle of a soap opera love triangle until the first time he tried to kill me. Now, every time I go downstairs, he's on the steps trying to trip me. Between the attempts on my life, he works on plan B, drive me completely crazy. At night, he sits on Leslie's pillow and while innocently purring, flips his tail in my face. Then he pretends to fall asleep and slowly reaches out a paw until he's poking me in the ear. When I get annoyed and knock him away, Leslie just talks about what a cute and smart little kitty he is. Then he heads down to the foot of the bed and he waits for me to fall asleep. And when my foot moves under the blanket, he pounces with claws and teeth. Leslie says he's just protecting me from the monsters that live under the bed. So when I climb into bed, if Nico is there, I grab the blanket and I whip it to launch him to her side of the bed. One night, I yanked a little too hard and he missed the bed, landing indignantly on the ground. He didn't meow a protest, he just looked at me and left. Later that night, I woke up from a deep sleep with a strange feeling something was over my face. It was a cat's paw that opened up dropping half a ton of kitty litter used into my eyes. <laughs> Leslie said it wasn't Nico's fault. Some kitty litter must have stuck to his paw. It was an accident. Yeah, right. I knew better, so did Nico. It was time to get even, and I knew where. There's a place on our kitchen counter where Nico likes to sit in a sunspot and just melt into a deep sleep. 
With Leslie out of the house on errands, I quietly slipped into the pantry where I had stashed a scuba tank and the air horn from a Union Pacific freight train. I waited until Nico oozed into a puddle of furry bliss before I struck. Honk! The honk was so loud, the shockwave rippled through the granite countertop. And when it hit Nico, he startled awake while being launched into the air by sound pressure. Now they say the cats always land on all fours, but Nico was so disoriented that he confused the ceiling with the floor, spun in midair, facing all legs skyward. He hit the ceiling with a thump, his paws drilling four neat little holes as he sunk in to his knees. Oh, I was having a good laugh until I realized Nico was still on the ceiling. As the last bits of plaster dust rained down, Nico looked into my eyes, and together we shared the first documented case of anthropomorphic feline-to-human telepathy. I heard that cat say right in my brain, when she gets home, you're going to be in so much trouble. I'll just wait right here. <laughs> then he dug in his claws and smiled like the Cheshire cat. Now, I know what happens to a cat on a hot tin roof, but one on a drywall ceiling is a new one on me. And since Nico was planning on going the distance, I'd have to get him down myself. So I got out a ladder, and he didn't move. When I shoved him, he didn't budge at all. So I grabbed him like a furry covered pull-up bar and did a few chin-ups. He just grunted and held on. Well, in desperation, I wrapped one arm around him and took out a saw and started cutting a hole around him. <laughs> Figuring in my desperation, I could explain a three-foot hole in the ceiling to Leslie, but not the new lifelike chandelier. <laughs> in hindsight, I'd wish I had a better plan, but as I have learned, hindsight is only gained when you land on it. As I reached the last inch of the cut, the saw hit a power line, and 220 volts zapped through the two of us. Nico puffed up like a ball, and I jerked up sideways in the air, catching my shoelace in the spinning blades of the ceiling fan. <laughs> Being fully electrified, I was unable to let go of that saw, which worked like a rudder as we spun in tighter and tighter circles, in our wake, the ceiling hung down like the tired coils of a slinky. Yes, it truly looked like everything was going to hit the fan this time. And we were going to go into that light in more ways than one. That's when Nico looked up at me and said, And you wonder why I don't like you. Suddenly, my shoelace broke and we flew out the open window. Nico atop his drywall flying saucer with me trailing behind like an abductee. Yes, he was a true UFFO as he went over that back fence. That is to say, an unhappy flying furry object. As for me, I landed upside down and backwards in the rose bushes. I gained some valuable hindsight and some very unwanted thorns. You see, I had failed to remember one of the oldest adages out there, so learn from my example. Whether you're dealing with man's best friend or his worst enemy, you should always let sleeping dogs and cats lie.
George McEwen, who has won the Liars Contest, sponsored each year in April by the Timpanoga Storytelling Festival, some half a dozen times now. That recording was not made this year. It was made back in a time when we could all get together and share some time and space in the same room. That time will come again, we're sure, and we'll be there to capture some of the great things that we hear. We're thankful to George McEwen for allowing us to use his story. And uh, there's a lot more coming up on the next episode of The Appleseed. You know, these Appleseed extras, you can just find them here on the podcast, and we're happy to bring them to you. We hope that you enjoy them. And uh, join us for more Appleseed at byuradio.org slash Appleseed or by Googling the Appleseed podcast. Subscribe for something new just about every day. I'm Sam Payne. Thanks for joining us for a little something extra from the Appleseed. Google the Appleseed podcast and subscribe for something new just about every day. The Appleseed with Sam Payne.